0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Okay, I might be the only one that doesn't know this one. What? Come on, I don't know this song. You are unsportsmanlike. I'm, 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 I'm going to guess this is Taylor Swift because um, of obviously what we're about to talk about, but I don't know this song
3: drunk in the, in the back, back of the, the car and I crying like a baby, baby coming, coming home from, from
2: the bar well, I, I guess y'all y'all don't know the song either cuz y'all <laughs> was, was you y'all no. was not sure on the words No, no, no I, just I just seen that i just, I
4: just seen there. that y'all weren't sure on those words I, I didn't y'all, I
3: y'all clearly to... don't know the song either oh yes we do i didn't know if i wanted to step <laughs> over smalls and then smalls mm-hmm. was a little bit nervous mm-hmm. to sing it just
4: have a terrible voice
3: terrible voice give me the give me the chorus come on
4: no i can't i don't want to punish america on a monday oh they had to watch the bears yesterday that was punishment enough i don't want to do that was punishment enough
3: Oh. Crying like a baby coming home from the bar. Oh. It's <laughs> on Sportsman like ESPN Radio, <laughs> presented by Progressive. <laughs> you, all you gave me was the O. That was I great. That was the best part. That was great. That was great.
4: was He looks up, grinning like a devil. Cece, yeah. see, see, that is a bop. You uh, have to get on Cruel Summer. Oh,
2: that was great. No, the O was fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, like D- different kind radio. of O in Chicago this morning, though.
3: Oh.
4: Yeah,
2: it's,
3: it's that kind of Oh, wow. Of o. Well done. Yeah, that was good. I know, I know. Um, are
4: the Bears the worst team in the NFL? Yes. They're so bad. Yes.
3: <laughs> yes, they are the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> so yesterday, um, yeah, I thought Justin Fields would fight back. I thought Justin Fields would... Would would show me something, and uh, he showed me that, um, yeah, he can't play very much at this (laughs) point. Uh, They get absolutely destroyed, 41-10. Andy Reid is now fourth all-time in wins, and the Bears are awful. Uh, They've lost 16 of 17 (laughs) games overall, and Matt Eberflus is clearly going to be on the hot seat. He is 3-17 as an NFL head coach. This is an utter disaster. And all of this in front of Taylor Swift, who was there. And by the way, for Travis Kelsey, I'm still not hundred percent certain that they are dating. I'm I'm just throwing that out there. I also I think this could be a whole shtick and whatever it is. But did you see the internet was actually blowing up yesterday because people were questioning the way in which Taylor Swift claps, that she has a weird clap. She like almost catches the clap and doesn't actually do it like, you know, back and forth. Mm-hmm. She does the the one slap into the catch. There was a lot of, lot of debate about the Taylor okay. Swift clap. Like, let's w- well, Taylor you, know, you know why okay. they're
2: doing that? Because there wasn't a lot to debate about
3: with no, the game. not at all. <laughs> I mean, not at all. Right.
2: What else were you going to do watching the game? How else were you going to be entertained with the Bears and the Chiefs on the field yesterday?
3: On the record, though, are they dating? Yes or no?
2: I, I said, I don't I don't think they're dating. They, they're talking, quote unquote. Yeah, they're talking yeah. right now. Yeah,
3: whatever the precursor yeah, is to she dating. Yeah, didn't, because
2: she didn't wear his jersey to the game, and they didn't hold hands or he didn't have his arm around there when they were walking out of the stadium.
4: They left in his car together.
2: Okay, that's great. You
4: don't show up and sit in the suite with someone's mother if you're not dating.
3: But I just could think you they're too to dating. Uh, yeah, I
2: think I think this is a feeling out period. This, this is the Taylor
4: Swift. She doesn't need any clout. Why else would she go there unless she wanted to just support her man and hang with his family? Uh, I mean,
2: it could be just her friend right now until it becomes her man. Like this is the beginning
3: stages.
4: Did you see her face? Uh, She's a smitten kid. Okay, all right.
3: So that gonna- you see her face on ESPN Two, ESPN and you're you're convinced. Yeah. I'm convinced. And what about and what about the now there's also an internet rumor about the the Travis Kelsey outfit.
4: Allegedly, the name of it is nineteen eighty nine something, which is obviously a nod to Taylor Swift. So
3: he's even dressing for her.
4: He's dressing for her.
3: Yeah, I don't blame him. couple. I mean, yeah. I mean he, he went as
2: far as to make a friendship bracelet for us. So, I mean, you got to He shot he, a he's shot. All, he's all in. He's yes. all in.
4: You know, just on behalf of Travis Kelsey today, I want anyone listening to this that is harboring feelings for someone, maybe has a crush, shoot your shot today. Love it. Why not? Just shoot your shot. What's the worst that could happen? They say no, and you're in the same position you're in right now? Look at Travis Kelsey. Maybe you could have your version of Taylor Swift supporting you at your job.
3: I mean, people can tweet in at us at Unsports ESPN and tell us who you would want to share, uh, shoot your shot at, right? I mean, you can get in there, be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation, and the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. Of course, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's on college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones the fans deserve. So you can call us and just shoot your shot at someone, yeah. or at Unsports ESPN, right? So literally coming on the and, and just professing your love for someone so i'll start tom brady um you oh and i God. have been together for 20 years and by that i mean i've been watching you it's time you join us on Like. no waldo no no <laughs> no
2: you're making it awkward cc you're making it awkward for me, Waldo today. and i'm sure you're making it awkward for tom <laughs> this is very very Tommy, awkward right now he's been making it awkward for tom <laughs> yeah for i years mean now. i feel like i feel like we're this close C-C- to having a, a walk down the hall to hr do you think the, close.
4: the Bears this morning are looking at Caleb Williams and shooting like shooting their shot? <laughs> I I know that historically it's been bad for quarterbacks here. I know Justin Fields, we thought he was the guy and it didn't work out, but please come to Chicago. Please help us. Save us from our, ourselves, Caleb.
3: You know what's interesting? We thought when Caleb Williams, the USC's quarterback's dad came out and kind of said, "Hey, he could stay in college." It was yeah. a threat to Arizona. I did. Maybe it's a threat to Chicago. (laughs) It should be.
2: It should be. Chicago is known for ruining quarterbacks. Cade McNown and Rex Grossman and Mitch Trubisky, now Justin Fields. I mean, we're talking about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift falling in love. Let me tell you who Bears fans are falling out of love with this morning. Justin Fields. He gave gave them nothing. Like, at the press conference last week, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, this guy's going to channel his inner Willie Beeman. He's going to go out there and take off and run if he doesn't like what he sees early on in the down. And he did everything but in yesterday's game. He didn't let his instincts take over. And on top of that, he wasn't effective in doing what the coaches want him to do, which is win from the pocket. So what is he then? I I don't know what he is. And and here's the problem, Ev. He doesn't know what he is, and that's the scariest part. He he can't figure out how he can get back to a place where he can be effective and have those dominant traits on display like we saw at times last year. Last year, he was the seventh leading rusher in the NFL. He had over 1,100 yards rushing. We were talking about this guy with the weapons that they had put around him potentially being an MVP candidate, and he's so far away from that now, and based on what's happening to him and the six inches between his ears and how he's confused and caught betwixt in between – I don't know how this dude gets on back on track. And the scariest part for Justin Fields is that there is going to be no other organization that invests in him like the Chicago Bears invested in him. So if things continue to trend in the direction that they're going, the Bears are going to move off him. They're going to draft a quarterback, and they're going to trade Justin Fields away. Whatever team he gets traded to— That team is not going to look at Fields as the sole answer to their quarterback woes. He might be a part of the math in the quarterback room, but nobody's going to hand him the keys like the Bears handed him the keys. And so from that standpoint, I don't know if we'll ever see Justin Fields as a legitimate starting quarterback in the National Football League.
3: There's an argument, and I hate saying this, but there's an argument to think that he's done because his confidence is shot clearly. He's done as
2: a starting quarterback.
3: What are you saying? Well, however, you want to interpret Dunn. Dunn as a starting quarterback, Dunn as a full time starter in this league. Dunn is somebody that people rely on. I hate to say this to, because. It's too
2: early for that, well, I mean, look, think about this. We is said Zach that Wilson done. Well, we said that about Baker Mayfield last year. Baker is Mayfield, once, once he Well, he's the back of the team that's 2-0. I know. I mean, we said that about Baker Mayfield. He was bouncing around. He left Cleveland. He was in Carolina. They cut bait. He went to L.A. We they cut bait. We said that about bait. Gino. We said that about a lot of people. So it's, it's still too early, right? But right now, like, nobody is going to look at him as. QB1 going into
3: a season. It's just not going to happen. But you said that you and I thought the same thing that he was going to have the screw it game this weekend. Like, either I'm going to listen to the coaches and I'm going to be great. Oh,
2: he had the screw it game. Yeah, screw himself (laughs) is what he had. He had the screw it game. (laughs) I'm just going to take
3: off and run. This man did not have 100 yards passing and he didn't have 50 yards rushing. And by the way, during all those great rushing games we talk about from last year, they lost all of them. Yeah. They don't win with him as a starting quarterback. That it's, It stinks to say this, but he is more so in the same category as you just saw on the TV side as Zach Wilson than he is an MVP. They are the same. Their organizations gave them a shot. Their organizations haven't done anything to help them in terms of the confidence. They now are at odds with different people within their organizations, and neither one of them are ever going to be a full-time starter on the teams they're on right now, and more likely than not, they are going to be in that Trey Lance mold where they get traded or signed with a team that has a full-time starting quarterback, and it's like, yeah, maybe this guy can emerge to be something one day. But this is a major problem right now for the Chicago Bears. I get the fact they play the Broncos this weekend, but there's an argument that Justin Fields has done.
2: Yeah, that's a legitimate argument. And, And here's the thing, there's plenty of blame to go around, whether you want to point to the front office, you want to point to the coaching staffs that Justin Fields has been under with Matt Nagy and now Matt Eberflus. I mean, you can point to the quarterback as well. I, I think there's there's a, there's there's fault and there's blood on everybody's hands in Chicago as to why Fields hadn't developed into what we thought he would be. But my only question now is spinning it forward for the Bears, if, in fact, you are going to cut bait, why should we believe anything would be different – about the next quarterback you draft if it's going to be this same regime in place and quite frankly why would you trust this regime this head coach this general manager to be the ones to pick the next franchise quarterback I think everybody is on the microscope under the microscope for the remainder of the season not just Justin Fields
4: it feels like it doesn't matter who the head coach is or who the GM is that they can't get it right in Chicago with the quarterback it's yeah. just historically bad and in regards to Justin <laughs> Fields there's a lot of blame to go around for him for the coaching staff yeah. for the front office but I would just think for him specifically if you have the week that you have where you're throwing people under the bus you have the the circle back press conference this is a statement game. And the fact that you went out there, and as you said, Evan, not even 100 yards. Oh, he I made mean, a
3: statement. He made a, a statement. statement
4: but, <laughs> but I just think that how are you going to come back after this if you're Justin Fields? You
2: can't come back. And that's why I had a problem with how cute he got with the media on Thursday when he's hugging Luke Getzey, and both of them are looking back at the cameras and they're waving, oh, nothing's going on here. Everything's okay. Or the general manager, Ryan Poles getting up in front of the media and saying, everything's okay when we can actually see the house behind you burning down to the ground. Like, we know what's It's been a hell of a week for the Bears. I mean, you had Justin Fields do what he did in throwing the staff under the bus. You had the defensive coordinator resign in the middle of the season. You had somebody steal $100,000 worth of equipment from your stadium. And then on top of that, you get blasted by the Chiefs and outscored 41 to nothing through the first three quarters of that game. It has been a hell of a week for the Chicago Bears. And I feel like it's going to be more of the same for the remainder of the season. Where does this franchise go? How do they get off the mat? I don't know. They don't.
3: They they clearly cannot shake it off because this is not a love story going on with Chicago right now. Very well done. Coming up, are you officially buying into Jordan love? We will get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
3: Yes, it is a little time for Run EMC here on Unsportsmanlike. Evan, Michelle, and Chris. Unsportsmanlike brought to you by Beacon. The Beacon Pro Plus app helps roofers get things done from anywhere. Beacon, always building. All right, we're going to throw topics out there. We're going to run through them from the NFL Sunday, a Taylor Swift 70-point Dolphin Cowboy losing Sunday in the NFL. <laughs> Those are the three big headlines, right? No, Taylor Swift, biggest. 70 points. Dallas losing. The big three. All Here right, we go. Derek Carr gets hurt. Hurts his shoulder for the New Orleans Saints. They're up 17 nothing in the fourth quarter. Green Bay comes back, wins that game, give them all the credit in the world. The Packers are looking good so far this season. But if Derek Carr is out, the Saints done.
2: Yeah, based on what we saw from them offensively, I mean, their defense keeps that streak alive of holding opponents under 20 points. Uh, I mean, and, and you're talking about this team not being able to hold on to a double digit lead in the fourth quarter. I just, you can't find, you can't give away games like that. And the fact that they lost in the fashion that they lost makes me feel like, yeah, it's going to be a long road to toe for this team if Derek Carr is out for an extended period of time.
4: Do either of you have confidence in Jameis Winston to no. get the no. job done? No. No. I think that's all that needs to be said.
3: <laughs> no, definitely not. By the way, the Packers, give them credit for the win. I will say, there was a fourth and two where the Packers tried to have like a throwback pass. Jordan Love oh, That was absolutely was ridiculous. So, worst play of the day could either be that one or Deshaun Watson, who actually looked great yesterday, throwing the ball backwards. Yeah. The, no, no I, think it, I think
2: it was the trickery that Matt LaFleur dialed up. It, it would have so worked had the so running bad. back gave a better pass to Jordan Love. That was an awful pass. Yo, the, running, the, running, the running back bounce passes it like Stephen A throwing out the first
3: pitch at the oh, Yankees game. no, it he did It was absolutely awful. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. All right, next one, run EMC. So Brandon Staley, head coach of the Chargers, on a fourth down late up four points decides to go for it for because analytics told him to do that. Uh, they did not succeed in that. They did end up winning the game because of a late Kirk Cousins interception in the end zone. But let's hear what Staley had to say in defending himself on that fourth and one in his own territory.
0: Yeah, just no timeouts. And it was less than a yard. And, and just we feel like we had to play to finish with the ball. We were protecting, you know, four points, not three. So that was part of, you know, my thought process. And uh, I believe in our group. You know, we came here to win. And that's what we were trying to do.
3: Yeah, okay. Um You believe in our group. You believe in computers, and that's okay. You're allowed to. Like nobody's saying analytics should be removed, but you have to have a feel. I want to go extreme on this. Go ahead. Let's say hypothetically, instead of the interception late by Kirk Cousins, he throws a touchdown and the Chargers Mm. lose. Is there any chance the Chargers would have fired Staley today? No,
2: I think they would have gave gave him to the bye week, which is Week Five. They would see what happens in the Raiders game, and it's crazy because the Raiders game is technically a Chargers home game, but we know it's going to be in L. A. It'll be a Raiders home game. Right. I mean, the next three opponents for the Chargers: Raiders, Cowboys on the road at the Chiefs. Yeah, those are basically three road games, even though two of them are in L. A. Are they going to win those games? If they don't, then we could be talking about Brandon Staley being gone.
4: Doesn't it feel like the Chargers live under this shroud of meh? And I Of I'd, meh. Of yeah. meh. Yeah. And I don't just mean their play. And I don't just mean what we're seeing from the coaching staff. It seems as if they move to L.A. And because they're the second team and they're on uh, – they're. I mean, the Rams aren't really getting a lot of love there either. But it just seems <laughs> like we never talk about them, and we should. If this head coach had had this run of – performances I don't even know what you want to, disasters mm-hmm. and a market where there was a passionate fan base or a market that we really cared about or we talked about a lot I mean imagine what we would be saying about Brandon Staley I feel like he's protected because he's with the Chargers
3: there's an argument to that I would say that the the most meh teams in the NFL are either the Chargers or the Titans the Titans have always been a meh team and we're going to get to them in a second all right next one are we officially buying into Jordan Love right now? Two and one on the season, threw six touchdowns, no picks in the first two games, did not have a good fourth quarter against Atlanta, but had a comeback win yesterday. Are we buying into Jordan Love?
2: You kind of have to buy into Jordan Love, right? I mean, there are a couple of throws that he made that were outstanding. I mean, there was a sideline throw down the field to Romeo Dobbs. Great extension by Romeo Dobbs. Outstanding play. The one down the field to Jaden Reed to set up a score in the fourth quarter. And then the back shoulder fade that he had to Romeo Dobbs in the fourth quarter. All tremendous throws by Jordan Love. I mean, it's inconsistent, but you would expect that from a first-year starter. But the talent jumps out to you when you watch the games. You can see what Brian Gutekunst, their general manager, saw. And if they're winning games while this kid is still figuring it out, that's a good thing for Green Bay.
4: He looks like a franchise quarterback. He doesn't look too rattled. He finds a way to get the job done. I know it's a small sample size, but I'm a believer in Jordan Love.
3: Let me emphasize one thing with Brian Gutekunst. I'm glad you brought him up, the general manager, because he's been a target for everybody that loves Rodgers and all the Rodgers supporters. And I get it. I'm I'm not fighting that off. Period. Next sentence. The single best time, if you're an NFL team, to go out there and get a young quarterback is when you already have one, not when you need one. Mm -hmm. Get a quarterback when you want one, not when you need one. Because if you get a quarterback when you need one, there may be too much pressure on that guy to play right away. And the reality is the Green Bay Packers, yet again, may have handled this absolutely perfectly. Think about the rest of that division, guys. The Vikings, the easiest pick, we said it before the season started. Vikings under easiest bet of the year. They're already 0-3. The Bears, CC just said are the worst team in the NFL, and there's no signs for hope. You've got Detroit at 2-1 and, and Green Bay at 2-1. It is now, I understand it's three games in, but we are now at a point where it would be a surprise if the Packers don't make the playoffs. They are already in that driver's seat to make the playoffs. They may be a seven seed, But they are going to make the playoffs, and they're going to make the playoffs because they went out and got a quarterback when they wanted one and not when they needed one. Now, this is going to be an easy one for you and I, CC, specifically, because we've been on this. Why is Ryan Tannehill still the starter in Tennessee? It's 2023. CeCe and I didn't know each other in 2021. We asked the same question then, (laughs) and 2020, and every year since he's been there. This is the guy, and I get they were the one seed a couple of years ago, but he had that awful playoff game against Cincinnati. They get destroyed, give the Browns credit, 27 3. Why is Tannehill still the starter?
2: I have no answers. There's no there's no good answers. Now I get it. Miles Garrett was on his ass yesterday. I mean, there, there was a place where they got to delay a game penalty because Miles Garrett kept going on the other side of the formation and they were traveling two tight ends that were supposed to block Miles Garrett. That's how dominant he was yesterday. Five total pressures, three and a half sacks. The guy is an absolute monster, best pass rusher in the game. I wouldn't own a shirt if I'm him.
3: Yeah, I mean. He's, he's so he's, he's, jacked. He's oh, my God. He's unbelievable.
2: But you know what's even more unbelievable? That you can play a full NFL game and your offense doesn't crack 100 total yards. You you didn't have 100 total yards. They finished the game yesterday with 26 rushing yards and 68 passing yards.
0: This with the best the, running back in the league, arguably. This is the NFL. Yeah.
2: How is that even possible? It shouldn't be possible. But Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback, you've seen the extremes. We saw it in week one where he struggled. We saw it in week three when he struggled. Week two was a lot better against the Chargers, but I think we chalked that up more so because of the Chargers and not the Titans. But, yeah, I think that ends up being the outlier and what we saw from Tannehill against the Saints and what we saw from him against the Browns is more of who he is, which would make anyone question, why would you stay stay with this guy as your starter?
4: It was a historically bad day on offense for Tennessee. It was the fewest yards for the Titans since they relocated from Houston in nineteen ninety seven.
3: <laughs> Do you realize CC also did the anti Kevin Garnett? Kevin Garnett does anything is possible. CC just went, How is that possible? It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be possible. It shouldn't
4: it, be possible.
3: Not when you have arguably the best running back in the league, you go out no. there and get the Andre Hopkins before the season. I understand he wanted a contract. Maybe you chose the wrong team. My (laughs) God. Cleveland's defense is really good. They're really good. How many teams, though, can we say? It's amazing how many great defenses there are in the NFL right now. New Orleans was really good before this week. Well, they were really good yesterday. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying they had a bad fourth quarter. Um, Obviously, Dallas, New England, um, the Jets, Cleveland. There are really good elite defenses in this league. I probably left out a couple of them off the top of my head there. But, I mean, it's amazing how good some of these defenses are, which would also indicate that the offenses maybe aren't great.
2: Yeah, but early on in the season, it's usually the defense being more dominant. The offenses take a little bit of time, especially with the lack of reps in the preseason. So, I'm anticipating that some of these offenses are going to round in the midseason form sooner rather than later. But, yeah, there are some defenses that are raising an eyebrow in terms of them being a lot better than we expected, and
3: Cleveland's is one
4: of them. Oh, Jim Schwartz is the MVP of the Cleveland Browns. Mm. That's a
3: good (sighs) – that's a good angle. There, there, there's an argument. I mean, that that's a great hire. I thought he was a good head coach mm-hmm. and didn't get another shot there. I'm just thinking about Miles Garrett and owning a shirt. He's so jacked. It's unbelievable. how Why rip are you that thinking guy. about you, have a, you, have, you, have, a man,
2: you have a man crush? Hundred percent.
3: I love that he's, he's thinking about, about, about Miles Garrett. Have, have with you his have shirt seen off? him? He doesn't even wear a shirt. And David Njoku. You see him before the games? Oh my God! They may have the best shirtless team in the league. Well, CC will reveal his shirtless team rankings. Nah, his no, I won't either. His shirtless team rankings. His nah, shirtless team rankings coming doing. up. Uh, college football this weekend. Somehow, the biggest theme: calling out the elderly. We'll get to that next on Sportsman Like on ESPN Radio.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
3: It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance, Sirius XM 80, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN app on a Taylor Swift Monday. <laughs> the Biggest story in the NFL yesterday, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey. But college football, <laughs> who would have thought that Swiss Beats and Timberland were in charge of college football this weekend? Because all we seemingly had all weekend was versus battles. I don't know how this happened, but it did. All right, let's go through this. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to play sound for you two, all right? And we're going to have the either-or, okay. the versus battle. You tell me who won the battle here. So Oregon blew out Colorado this weekend. We know that. Um, they won 42-6. to Bo Nix was unbelievable in the game, three touchdowns for Oregon. But the ESPN cameras caught halftime. Dan Lanning, the head coach at Oregon, had this to say about Colorado um, or pregame, excuse me. Let's take a listen to what he had to say.
0: Rooted in substance. Not
2: flash. Rooted in substance. Today, we talk with our pads. You talk
0: with your helmet.
2: Right? Every moment. The Cinderella story is over, man. Right? They're fighting for clicks. We're fighting for wins. There's a difference. Right?
3: There's a difference. Right? This game ain't going to be played in Hollywood. It's going to be played on the grass. Right? It's going to be played on the grass. Let's go. All right, so he's talking about Colorado and Dion Fighting for clicks, not fighting for wins. Here's Dion's post-game response, post-loss, in the versus battle.
2: I don't say stuff just to say it for a click, you know, on contrary to what some may say. But, uh, yeah, I, get, I keep receipts. Uh, but I'm serious. I analyze and I understand what we're up against and what we have and what we need. One thing that I could say honestly and candidly, you better get me right now. This is the worst we're going to be. You better get me right now. Yeah, somebody, yeah, I I got messengers. God bless him though, man. He's a great coach. He did a great job. God bless him. He take their shots. They won. I don't shoot. I don't do that. They won. All right, who won? Oh, Dan Lanning won. (laughs) I mean, Dan Lanning, I mean there's no question about it. Like what he said was far more catchy, but the irony of it is he gave the speech for clicks. Because he realizes what he's going to have to do in order to win the recruiting battle against Deion Sanders in Colorado. Because like Small said, it's the hottest club in town. And that loss is not going to take any of the shine off of the program and what Dion is building too. So although I think what Dan Lanning said was, I guess, catchy, I would say the thing that was far more substantive was what Dion said post-game. That if you're going to get the Colorado Buffaloes, you better get them now. Because just believe they're going to be in the portal and they're going to be recruiting. I'd be shocked if Colorado didn't have the number one recruiting class in the country when it gets to the signing day in February.
4: So I didn't think we'd ever have a versus battle where Coach Prime didn't come out on top. But Dan Lanning absolutely smoked him in this battle. Yeah. This is what you say to your team when you know that you're the better team and, as he said, you're going to play the game on grass and not for clicks because Colorado's the story. Even though we we knew that Oregon was likely a better football team, they weren't the story heading into this game. Everything was about Dion. Everything's about Coach Prime. It's about the sunglasses. It's about the swag. It's about all of the celebrities that are out there on the sidelines. And that's what a coach is supposed to do before the game is get his team fired up. And I thought that Lanning absolutely crushed it.
2: Yeah, but here's the thing. You're not going to take away from the attention being all on Dion going into this week against USC. It's just not going to happen. Oh, no. Like, all of the attention. Again, so Dan Lanning took advantage of his – quote-unquote five minutes of fame, even though he's the Oregon head coach and it's the top ten program, he took advantage of it because every coach that plays Colorado is going to clout chase off of Deion Sanders. That just shows you that he is the face of college football and that everybody else is playing catch-up when it comes to how college kids and how sports fans perceive Deion Sanders.
3: All right, second verbal battle this weekend. Again, (laughs) this is not one you expected. Lou Holtz, (laughs) former Notre Dame head coach, was on with Pat McAfee noon until 3. Eastern time on ESPN, ESPN Plus, ESPN YouTube channels. And here is what he had to say going into the weekend against Ohio State. A game Ohio State won last second drive, 17-14. Here's what Holtz had to say.
5: Notre Dame is a better football team than Ohio State. So Love hearing that. Please, I mean, coach. And let me tell you why. And you look at Coach Day, and I coached at Ohio State under Woody Hayes. We won the national championship when I was there. Right. So I'm proud of that. However, he has lost to Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan twice, and everybody that beats them does so because they're more physical than Ohio State. And I think Notre Dame will take that same approach.
3: All right, well, Ohio State won the game against Notre Dame, and here's Ryan Day post game on his frustration with the Lou Holtz comments. I'd
5: like, like to know where Lou
2: Holtz is right now. What he said about our team, what he said about our team... I cannot believe this is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from
3: Ohio. And it's always been Ohio against the world. And it'll continue to be Ohio against the world. But I'll tell you what, I love those kids. And we got a tough team. Ryan Day. All right. Proud to be from Ohio. A reminder that Ryan Day is uh, from New Hampshire. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who won, Ryan Day or Lou Holtz? I don't know why Ryan Day is taking shots at Lou Holtz, man. What are we doing, man? Let Lou Holtz be, man. I, like I, Lou Holtz is going to say what Lou Holtz says because he's an iconic coach for Notre Dame. So, of course, he's going to cape for his guys. You don't have to attack Lou Holtz. I mean, listen, it was a thrilling win. Thank God you have two of the best receivers in the country, Nick Buka and Buka and Marvin Harrison Jr., because those are the guys that stepped up on that final drive and made plays for you. And uh, shout-out to the lack of pass rush from Notre Dame at the end of that game for whatever odd reason. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think you have to take shots at Lou Holtz.
4: It's Lou Holtz. Stop it. Well, Lou Holtz inserted himself into the conversation by making those comments. So you
2: think he deserved to smoke?
4: He brought specific examples as to why he was making this argument that Ohio State wasn't as good as Notre Dame. So if I'm Ryan Day and we win the game and I feel like he personally attacked me and our program, I don't care if Lou Holtz is older. I don't care if Lou Holtz is an icon in so many ways. He inserted himself into the conversation, and Ryan Day, after the victory, has every right to respond.
3: Well, I think there is an age argument to be had, which takes us into our next (laughs) rap battle. So, Lee Corso, College Game Day, obviously an unbelievable, iconic show. Reese Davis and Herb Street, and, of course, Lee Corso and Pat McAfee and Jan Lada and everybody involved in that show. Well, Lee Corso was talking about the Washington State game on Saturday. Let's take a listen to what Corso had to say.
5: Into nobody wants us bowl, yeah. Nobody wants us poor guys. Washington State beats Oregon State.
3: Okay, he said that nobody wants us bowl, meaning those are the two remaining teams in the Pac-12, basically, when all is said and done. So that nobody wants us because they don't have a conference. Well, Jake Dickert, the head coach of Washington State, had this to say about Lee Corso post game. You know, I think nationally, there's a you know
2: there's a lot of noise out there. I mean, I caught something this morning, and I was just watching Game Day, you know, and Corso comes on and he says. You know, the no-one-watches bull. You know, and I don't really understand that. What's the merit once again? Because the facts say people
5: watch the Cougs. And the people watch the Cougs more than every team that's left over in the Big 12.
3: Okay, so here's the problem. Wow. He misinterpreted you it. Time. Yeah, yeah. You, got it you got it wrong. You got it
2: wrong, Jake Dickert. You got to chill out, bro. So Corso wins that one, Corso right? wins that Corso one, w- yeah. And,
4: and is Corso wrong, by the way? I mean—
3: no, he's saying factually nobody. That's what wants I'm them saying. Right he's now. not yeah. wrong. He, yeah.
2: He's accurate. Nobody wants them. They're they're going to be a school without a conference after this season. Right. So yeah, I, I I I don't understand again. What value do you have? Where's the win if you're Jake Dicker taking a shot at Lee Corso, just like Ryan Day? Where's the win at taking a shot at Lou Holtz? I think like I don't I don't understand that.
3: I think Corso is more of an iconic institution than Holtz is. I think you cannot touch Corso. No, no, Holtz. he's off limits. Lou
2: Holtz. Are you kidding me? Lou Holtz? Yeah. Stop yourself. Lou Holtz is an icon for Notre Dame football.
3: So, here's the question. Stop though. yourselves, guys. Is there an age limit that you can battle with? No. I mean,
2: so one, it doesn't like, matter how old you no, are no, you're no, going to no, There's an age limit. There's an yeah. age limit. Like you like once we once we once we start talking about getting over 80 years old, right. stop it. Like just just stop it okay
3: lou holtz is if 86 you're, yeah
2: if you're older than president biden they, they can't you can't take a
3: shot at him like that just doesn't need to happen <laughs> lee corso is i believe 88 if i'm not mistaken
2: exactly listen once you get older you can say whatever you want when you get to that age you've earned the right to say whatever the hell you want and we're not we don't have the right to take shots respect your elders jake dicker respect your elders ryan day respect your elders they can say whatever they want. You won't have to call them out by name. You can talk about your naysayers. But why you have to take direct shots at these guys? That's not right. Come on, you guys know it's wrong.
3: They but, got enough problems over If they over were it. 10 years younger, you'd be okay. Yeah, with I'd be fine.
2: Be <laughs> if he was 79
3: years old, go at him. Go, go at him. him. I don't yeah. care. Once but you get to you the get 80, 80, 80, that's it. That's it. There's
2: like, like a speed limit. Like we've got a speed limit. We've got an age limit in terms of when you can take shots at folks.
4: Also, if you're going to come at Lee Corso, which I think is ill advised, you better come correct. You better make sure that you have it exactly correct if you're going to come for him.
3: But. If you're over eighty, you can do whatever you want. Basically, <laughs> basically, if you're over eighty, you can do anything, oh, can say anything you about know your grandparents. I mean, you made have it said past eighty.
2: Yes, you should be able to say <laughs> and know. do whatever the hell you want to do. So,
3: like, you could rob, bag, steal. Who the hell
2: is an eighty-year-old Robin? Come on, man, stop it. it. It's a good movie. An eighty-year-old <laughs>
3: bank robber. They had to. Wasn't there a movie with Morgan Freeman about that years ago? I feel like oh. there were. There was, if I'm it was, you, you were the only one that watched it. <laughs> no, Nuno, Nuno is saying it in my ear. Producer Nuno is saying it in my ear that there was some movie about older bank robbers. I'm telling you, we will figure out what it is. Uh, unfortunately, we have to get to this. Someone on this show made some horrific predictions on Friday. We will visit those or revisit those next on Unsportsmanlike. Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Making predictions can be tough. Wrong,
3: wrong, wrong,
1: wrong. Unless you're the chosen one. He's the chosen one. This is Evan Almighty.
3: It is Unsportsmanlike. On ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN Two, ESPN Sirius SiriusXM Eighty, ESPN App, and all of our great ESPN stations all across the country. By the way, Going in Style is the movie that I was referring to uh, with Morgan Freeman, where they are bank robbers or they're they're criminals over eighty years old. As CC says, you cannot insult someone over eighty once you're eighty plus. They're, they can do whatever they want and say whatever they want at mm-hmm. that point, as we saw this weekend with um, coaches in college going after Lou Holtz and Lee Corso. All right, now, let's get into some of my predictions. I got one and a half right. I said that Deshaun Watson will have the best game ever as a Brown, his best game ever as a Brown. Mm-hmm. Well, that one I got right. Right, Deshaun Watson this weekend, yes, thank you very much, despite throwing the ball backwards, he did have a good game. They win 27-3 without Nick Chubb. Good job by Kareem Hunt, who was basically wearing the, the Nick Chubb shirt, jersey, whatever it was coming into the game. But 27-33, of 33, 289, two touchdowns, found Amore Cooper a bunch. I hate to say it this way because it's sad. I think Deshaun Watson's going to end up being a better quarterback without Nick Chubb than he was with him. And I'm not blaming Nick Chubb. I'm saying he's going to be asked to do more, and I think he has a better chance of succeeding.
2: Yeah, I mean, yesterday you saw them open up the set, and they had over 35 dropbacks. They're not going to do that if Nick Chubb is the cor- is the uh, running back, because Nick Chubb is an all-pro, and he's better when he's playing in the dot, as opposed to being offset in the shotgun. So I— I, I can see the argument about Deshaun Watson being better. I'm curious to figure out whether or not that's going to translate to the team overall being better. Now, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think that defense is going to have a lot to say about it, and the defense is going to create more opportunities for the offense with field position and uh, and takeaways, extra possessions. Um, but it'll be curious to see how Nick Chubb being out impacts Deshaun Watson's trajectory for the remaining season. But as far as Evan's take... It wasn't exactly a hot take. I mean, it's a low bar to clear with Deshaun Watson's (laughs) best game as a Cleveland Brown, right?
4: Because we haven't seen him be that outstanding yet. Yeah, he
2: played in the eight games prior to yesterday. He had one game where we had a passer rating over 100. So it wasn't like... He's been lighting it up for the Cleveland Browns.
4: Yeah, you need to see more consistency from Deshaun. And maybe with Nick Chubb out, he will get a little bit more runway to be the quarterback they're expecting him to be. Mm-hmm. But, Evan, I wouldn't be patting yourself on the back for this. Well, I'm one. not
3: patting <laughs> myself on the back for any of these. Trust me. Uh, Justin Fields, I said, would outplay Patrick Mahomes in a, in a loss, Ooh. though. Yeah, shame on me. Because I sat here. Yeah, I sat here and I thought, after all of that week of drama, what was the biggest story week two of the NFL? It was the post-reaction from the Bears, the, the, the resignation of their defensive coordinator, Alan Williams. It was Justin Fields calling his coach out and throwing him under the bus. We sat here for days last week, and all across ESPN Radio, rightfully so, everybody was focusing on a stinky team because we saw things that we had never seen before. So dumb me thought maybe they'd have some guts and show up yesterday, and they got pummeled, absolutely pummeled, and they stink, and I was wrong.
2: Yeah, the fact that they didn't show better than they did after the week that they had with all of the controversy is an indictment on the character of the men in that locker room and the men that are coaching that team. Now, as far as Justin Fields is concerned, I kept talking about how he needed to show accountability and and how throwing the coaches under the bus in a press conference in terms of him playing robotic wasn't the way to go. But you also show accountability by playing better. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he wasn't better yesterday – I just think that's an embarrassment. Like, you embarrassed yourself after being cute with the media last week and hugging Luke Getze and waving toward the cameras on the practice field on Thursday after your inflammatory comments on Wednesday. You had to come out and play better than he did yesterday. And the fact that he couldn't is, again, like I said, an embarrassment on him. Accountability matters in this league, and it's not just what you say, but it's what you do. And he's not accountable because he's not changing how he's playing. He's not better than he was the week before. He's not better than he was last year. And that's a problem because the quarterback is regressing, and now the Bears are going to be forced to make a difficult decision if things keep trending the way they are.
4: what he did was 11 of 22 for 99 yards (laughs) that's what he did it's embarrassing it really is and I know, Evan, where you were going with your prediction there because this was a big opportunity for Justin Fields and a big opportunity for the Bears. Did we think that they would beat the Chiefs? No. That's unlikely based on the talent that is on the opposite side of the field with the Kansas City Chiefs. But there was an opportunity for them to make a statement, especially coming off a week that was such a hot mess. But I think we make those predictions because we want Justin Fields and the Bears to be something they're not. This is why in the offseason we were so high on him. We were so high on this organization because they've been in this place for so long. And we so desperately want them to turn the page and be something that they're not. But they just keep reinforcing why they've been in this place for so long. We all
3: made such a mistake thinking the Bears would be something this year. My God, are they terrible. I had a bad prediction about the Cowboys saying they would hold the Cardinals at single digit points. We will get to that coming up in about 10 minutes. Trust me, we're not ignoring that, but we're going to get to that in about 10 minutes. My last prediction... I said one and two in the MVP odds on Monday would be Tua and Lamar Jackson in some order. Well, I was right about Tua. Tua, according to Caesar Sportsbook, is plus 300. Patrick Mahomes is plus 550. Josh Allen has made his way back up at plus 850. I have a hard time voting him MVP after that first game of the season against the Jets. Still in my mind. But Tua, guys, clear cut right now the MVP of the NFL, right? Yeah. It's not even
2: close. No, I picked Lamar Jackson coming into the season. I think Tua is going to run away with this thing. It's going to be wrapped up by Thanksgiving. As long as he stays healthy, and doesn't need to hurt then he's going to win MVP. Now, we saw last year Jalen Hurts get hurt in that Chicago Bears game, and that derailed his MVP campaign. Pat Mahomes ended up taking it because those two were neck and neck. I don't think it's going to be that close this year with Tua. Once we get to December, the MVP is already going to be decided because those dudes are putting up video game numbers right now, and Mike McDaniel is all about making sure that his quarterback shines.
4: Yeah, it's it's Tua's right now, and I imagine if they stay on this track that it, he's just going to separate himself from the pack. And I think we wanted to maybe throw Micah Parsons in the mix as a fun non-quarterback huh. to have in the conversation. Huh. After this week, that conversation's dead. Yeah. yeah,
3: I mean, that's not going to be a thing, obviously. And, you know, Xavier Howard of the Dolphins said something interesting about what happened yesterday. And Evan Almighty, of course, will do it again on Friday with my horrific uh, predictions. Xavier um, Howard, cornerback for the Dolphins, said something interesting. That basically the Broncos made a mistake and Sean Payton disrespected Russell Wilson by keeping him in the game. Down 50 points. That he should not have been in the game. You agree with that?
2: Uh, well, I think the fact that he's in the game shows you how Sean Payton feels about Russell Wilson. And it's nothing good right now. Like, he he's essentially Sean by keeping him in the game feels like Russ is a part of why the team is losing so one-sided now we can point to the defense and the defense has got to be better we all understand that but the offense and the defense they're supposed to complement one another all three phases need to work in concert and because the offense isn't clicking and they're not putting together drives the way that Sean envisioned is a part of why things are going off the rails in Denver they better get it fixed quick or otherwise we're talking about another quarterback being out there because if you're losing like this with Russell Wilson as your starting quarterback you can lose like this without him being your starting quarterback
4: i'm surprised that he was still in that game and i know that you're saying it's an indictment on russ as far as what sean payton sees out of him but i don't know i just thought when they were getting beaten that badly that you would want to protect him and take him out
2: yeah well i mean you got to be a leader right how can you be a leader when you're on the bench while the rest of the team is getting embarrassed
4: if you're down if
2: you're gonna be a leader when it's good you got to be a leader when it's bad
3: if you're down 50 and you stay in does that mean in a hypothetical if you're up 50 you stay in I mean, does the reverse work in that scenario? No, no, no. So it's it's not equal? No, it's
2: not equal. I mean, when you're up 50, everything is all good. Everybody's high-fiving. You saw Tua and all the other starters from the Dolphins game that were pulled. They were cheering for the backups to get theirs. They're cheering for Mike White. They're cheering for all of those other dudes. If you're in that situation, it's okay to pull your starters, but – with Sean, from Sean's perspective, when you saw that you were down the way that you were down, like, Russell Wilson has got to own that. He's got to be a part of the solution. And right now, it's clear that Sean doesn't feel like he is.
3: Uh, at Evco Radio on Twitter, if you are 80 years of age or older, can you say or do anything you want? You can chime in on that and the Dr. Pepper chime in line. Uh, ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. By the way, it's pretty split right now yes and no as to whether or not if you're 80 years of age or older can you say or do anything you want because you're defending Holtz specific course I didn't say anything wrong but Holtz going at um, Ohio State basically that you could throw that punch but you can't punch back coming up yes this is correct the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals what